Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg ad-free and right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cash back events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to a special edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. This week, from Dar es Salaam in Tanzania. As many of you know, I host and produce a PBS series of global television specials called The Royal Tour, where individual sitting heads of state, kings, presidents, or prime ministers, become my tour guides to and through their country for an eight-day trip. And the latest Royal Tour special is Tanzania with President Samia Saluhu Hassan. I sat down with the president for an extended conversation about her first year in office, one that began unexpectedly with the sudden death of the former president. And in a country where 17% of the GDP is travel and tourism, it's not surprising that travel is topic A. And then I visit with the U.S. ambassador to Tanzania, Dr. Don Wright, to get his take on Tanzania on the global travel stage at a critical moment in its development. First, my conversation with President Samia Saluhu Hassan. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Peter. So how'd we do? Did we do a good job on the show? Oh, yes, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, and I'm eagerly waiting to for the premiere to be shown tomorrow, and uh, I hope it's going to be a very good show. You know, when we do this show, we are literally crisscrossing the country. Mm. Um, normally, I'm the host 
of a lot of the shows that I do. This is a show that I'm not the host in. I'm the guest. Mm. You're the host. Yes. You're the tour guide. Yes, yes. So where did we go? Where did you take me? Uh, Peter, remember, I took you to Gorongoro Crater. I took you to Serengeti. Took you to Zanzibar and Pemba. Uh, then uh, um, I think we went and visit... Uh, Oh, let me let me. Well, we did Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro, Peter. Yes, yes. Kilimanjaro. Then we, we visited the Maasai camps. We did. Yeah, Maasai camps, and yeah. And that was just the start. I mean, a lot of ground to cover. Mm-hmm. But what was amazing is what, the very first place we visited, uh, and we spent a lot of time there was Zanzibar, where you're from. Yes. Yes. Uh, we went to your home village. Yes. Uh, Kisimkazi. Yes. A small fishing village. Mm-hmm. Uh, we visited the school that you went to, mm-hmm. where your father was the headmaster. Yes. Um, we even got involved, do you remember, in a game of tug of war? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and who won? It was the girls. The girls, that's yeah. it. I lost. With okay. me. Yeah, with you. Yeah. <laughs> but then, what was really uh, impressive to me mm. was you took me to your first mosque. Yes. And, you know, we talked about how Islam shaped your values. Yes. And and how it allowed you to basically evolve to the person you are today, yes. running a country. Yes. Explain that. Yeah, Peter. Yes, I told you that uh, in that um, very Asian mosque. And it was built in the 12th century. Yes, yes. That's where we we had our first studies on Islam, and we were told um, on how to live together with everybody the Muslims and non-Muslims. There we were told on how to keep, uh, um, we were told that um, Muslims or Islams means hygiene. So you have to make sure you are clean clean every time. But we are told that Muslim is peace. You have to to live in peace by everybody. And uh, we were told on... uh, uh, actually, on um, the general life, how to behave, how to meet the strangers, how to greet people, how to even uh, even uh, these eating manners, all this you are taught in Islam. And respect. And respect, yes, and respect, yeah. And it was interesting to me to go into that mosque with you. Yes. To see how simple it was mm-hmm. i mean it was built how many years ago right oh we, yeah so many years and ago. yet the values still persist yes yeah because we have a culture of uh, preservation we preserve our heritages that's um, a cultural heritage and i think it's in uh, it's under unesco's supervision so we have to preserve it all the people at the village know that they are supposed to preserve the mosque and other areas which are preserved, which are our heritage. Yeah. Now, you went to school there. Where did you learn your English? In my English? Yeah, where did you learn English? We are taught in school. From day one? From primary to secondary, yeah. That was the British influence, probably. Hope so. Yeah. Yeah, because I stayed some months in uh, in UK, in Manchester University, yeah. And that's when you developed your love for Manchester United. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but back to, to Zanzibar. Here you were in this village. 
one of 15 kids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When did you know that you wanted to go into government? Oh, oh, it's a hard question, Peter, because I have gone through various experiences in my career. I began uh, as a government employee. That was back in 1970s, 77. You were young. Yes, very young. And then I worked and, for And to put it in place, mm. you, Tanzania didn't really gain its independence Mm-hmm. Until what, 1964? Yes. Right? Yeah. 1964 for Zanzibar. Yeah. 61 to the Tanzania mainland. Yeah. Right. yeah. But when you think about it, I mean, everybody was wanted to own Tanzania, right? Mm-hmm. The, the mm-hmm. Arabs, the Portuguese, mm-hmm. the British, mm-hmm. the Germans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you were born slightly after all that happened, right? I was born in 60, four years before yeah. the independence of my place, Zanzibar. Yeah. So you've seen the changes. Yes, yes. I was born as a, um, a subject of the Sultan. Of Oman. Of Oman. And then 64 changed to the citizen of Zanzibar. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Zanzibar, Tanzania really is a combination of the word Tanganyika mm. and, Zanzibar. and Zanzibar. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Mm. And now it's called the United Republic. United Republic of Tanzania, yes. Interesting to mention because as a United Republic, mm. you're the president of a country with more than 123 tribes. Yes, yes, yes. That's got to be a challenge. Mm, it's a challenge, but uh, um, the founders of the nation had uh, kept the fundamentals of how to unite the people. And they picked uh, Kiswahili, Swahili as a common language to every Tanzanian, as a national language. So that's a unifying force. Yeah, so through this language, we are all unified. Yeah, yeah. And yet, let's be honest, you're the first woman of color and a Muslim to run a country. Oh, yes, oh, yes. And something tells you that those 123 tribes are not dominated by women. They're, They're run by men. Some of them. But you know, in Tanzania, some women are running their tribes, you know. They are the chiefs of their tribes. Right. Yeah, yeah. In some areas, yes. But you're a trailblazer here simply because it hasn't happened before. Yes, it hasn't happened before. Yeah, for a woman to lead the country, no, it hasn't happened. And what are the challenges? Ah, uh, many, many challenges. Yeah, if you talk, uh, if you talk about the world challenge first, COVID nineteen, it's a challenge. Dynamism in the world economy, it's another challenge. Culture in my place is a challenge. As you said it before, there has never been a woman leader in that country, so we had different culture. And now to change that culture doesn't go in, 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 in one night. But um, you have to build a trust for people to um, accept that women can deliver too. So we have to build that trust, and we are building it. And how do you build it? Uh, by deliveries. You just do what the people are expecting from the government. Like you are providing uh, clean and safe water to the people, uh, transmission of electricity to the rural areas, we are doing it. Provision of health care nearby, health services nearby the people. Yeah, we have 
done a lot of it reducing the maternal mortality um infant's mortality we have done very good job on it and of course fortunately the, the, yeah it's a, it's a, it's um it's a continuing process every phase of the government is doing its part so when i came in a lot of job has been done so it's just for me to continue uh with the provision of those services yeah we're talking to president samia suluhu hassan of tanzania and when we come back one of the reasons why we did the royal tour to talk about travel and tourism yes. in a country that has just about everything you want to see oh yeah in a country yes and uh, we'll talk about our experience with the hippos our experience with the lions mm-hmm. our experience with a few giraffes mm-hmm. and of course my favorite animal mm-hmm. and the president laughs when i say it mm-hmm. the warthog yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's laughing okay <laughs> the ugly animal the ugly animal see i yeah. knew you were going to say that and, <laughs> but they're the underdog Yeah. You got to root for the underdog. Oh, yes. Okay, you'll give me that? The face is ugly. Okay, Okay, they're ugly fun. (laughs) Madam President, most Americans, I have to say this embarrassingly, Mm. are somewhat geographically ignorant. Uh, They don't know where Texas is, how they're going to find Tanzania. Mm. Uh, So this is a show that we've done, Royal Tour, that at least lets them know what Tanzania is. They still may not know where it is. Mm-hmm. But at least they'll know what it is. Mm-hmm. Describe to me, if you can, what is Tanzania? It's a country um, located in the eastern part of Africa. And uh, Tanzania, it's uh, with uh, the East African community. But also it's uh, with the southern, um, uh, southern African uh, development community. So it's in both communities but it's located the east part of africa and uh, it's uh, nicely located geographically it's nicely located you're on the water too yes yes tanzania is uh, a gateway to the whole of africa because all the countries that you border they're essentially landlocked eight eight of them yeah, yeah. six of them are landlocked two yeah they are not but six of them they are landlocked So we are serving all six countries which they all depend on the gate of Tanzania the the the, the hub of Dar es Salaam so that's Tanzania but Tanzania as we said before is a united republic uh, Tanzania mainly united with the islands of Zanzibar and these islands so oh, they they are naturally beautifully endowed yeah I have to admit I love Zanzibar. Oh yes. I do. Uh you go to Stone Town and you and I walk the streets. Yes. And what was interesting you talk about United, mm-hmm. we went by the Catholic Church and what's behind the Catholic literally attached to the Catholic Church? It's a mosque. It's a mosque. Yeah. And they all It's talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and every, every every part of it doing its own uh, activities without disturbing one another. Yeah. Yeah. So the believers Christians and Muslims they're worshiping without disturbing yeah And then of course you and I flew to one of the islands called Pemba Yes Pemba mm. Beautiful beaches Oh yes And we went fishing you and I went fishing Yes Did we catch anything Yes big fish <laughs> We caught I oh, caught mine yes, and you, you caught, caught yours uh, Yes and yeah. who's and who's was bigger I think yours was bigger Oh, you're just being you're just being kind. No, you you caught a big wahoo. Oh yeah. Yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. But then 
we went to this little place that was a hotel there, you remember this, where you actually went to a little floating dock and what it really was was an underground underground hotel underwater yeah underwater cool. underwater hotel yeah, room yeah that was great that was nice it was great yeah that, that was great yeah but then what's interesting about this is wherever we went yeah. right and remember i'm traveling with the president you mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. everywhere i'm traveling mm. there's a reception there's a there's a receiving line there are bands cultural dances <laughs> cultural dances ever great performances yes traveling with you is fun yes I've come with the cultural dances here. I know you. Tomorrow have. at the premiere, they'll perform. I know. Yeah. I love it. They'll perform. I, I love it. Yeah. But then the rest of Tanzania, when we talk in, in, in terms of real statistics and GDP factors about the impact and the power of travel and tourism, mm-hmm. uh, it's a global average of about 11%, some countries even higher than that. Mm. But Tanzania is a tourism watershed, if you will. Mm. of so many different experiences. Mm. Obviously, it's the it's the Great Migration. Yes. It's the Serengeti. Yes. It's the Crater. It's Kilimanjaro. It's the beaches. It's the beaches. Yes, the um, cultural tourism. And, but yet, not a lot of people have gone. You, it, it, people have gone, but not as many as you'd like. Yes. I think we sh- still have to do a lot of marketing. And I'm glad that uh, uh, this evening, I'm going to meet the five giants of travel and tourism industry. And I think I'll talk to them and agree with them on how we can work together, marketing my place as a tourism, attractive tourism uh, destination. But of course, you have to do it responsibly. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right. Mm. I mean, the last thing you want to do is to overdevelop. Mm-hmm. We, we all remember before mm-hmm. the pandemic, what was the number one item on the agenda? It was mm-hmm. over-tourism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic ha- happened and we yes. didn't have an over-tourism problem. Oh, yes, yes. But if we're not careful, mm. it's going to come right back. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We have to be very careful. Yeah. And, of course, you have to protect your own natural resources. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you go to the Galapagos Islands, they limit the number of tourists on that island mm-hmm. at any given time. Otherwise, there are going to be depletion of resources. Yeah. And we wouldn't like that. We need sustainable tourism. Yeah. And how do you define sustainable tourism? Sustainable tourism is... Um, um, we have to come up with a strategy to, to protect the whole ecosystem, not to destroy the ecosystem. To, to protect the ecosystem so that the tourism attract attractions have to stay for a longer time. For example, Serengeti. Serengeti borders Loliondo, and Loliondo is close to uh, 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 River Mara, where the, the, the Great Migration. Yeah, the Great Migration happens. So if you allow the, uh, the river to dry, then there won't be the migration. And the Serengeti ecosystem is going to be disturbed. So the whole uh, uh, um, Serengeti park won't be the same as it is today. So we have to preserve environment. We have to take all protective measures to make sure we are preserving the ecosystem so that tourism becomes a sustainable industry. Now, I will say this because I experienced it with you. I'm hoping that it wasn't just because I was with you. Yes. But we saw the big five 
in yes. one day. Yes, in one day in you one can day. imagine. Yeah, all of them. Was that because I was with you? All of them. Was that because I was? No, with no, you? no, no, no. It's 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 uh, always like that. <laughs> yeah, they know where to locate them. So if they know where to locate them, it's easier to see them. The tour guides. Yeah, yeah. They're they're the one one um, uh, unique characteristic of our game parks is that these animals. They are very scenic. It's easier to see them. Yeah, it's easier to see them. Why? Because the tour guides know where to locate them. Yeah. They they, they do have their own uh, areas. Uh, areas where they they, they, they they stay. So the tour guides know that at the north, I'm going to see the lion. Southwest, I'm going to see the leopard. At the black rock, I'm going to see. So they know it. That's why it was easier for us to see all of them in one day. Even other tourists, they see them in one day. Now, you already know that I'm particularly fond of the warthog. You hate me for that, I know, but I do. Mm. Um, only because I, I root for the underdog, but the warthog is definitely not one of the big five. Mm. Uh, it's no, not no, even no, one no. of the big ten. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> even ten, I don't no, think. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But what's your favorite animal? Favorite animal? Yeah. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I think rhino. The rhino. The rhino, yes. Why? Because rhino is. Uh, I like the, the 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 shape of a rhino first. Second, rhino is very um, protective. It likes to protect itself, and uh, rhino is. Uh, I can't say it's very docile, but you know you can go closer to it without it harming you if you don't disturb it. And you know this because <laughs> and 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 the, the the one thing is rhino has a very poor sight. That's how you can get close to yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you go closer to it. So if you see a rhino wearing glasses, you run. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, with the poor sight, yeah. But you know, it's using the smell. Yeah. If it gets your smell, then he makes sure he gets you. Yeah. Mm. So That's Rana, why, so is your favorite. Yes, yes, and it, it you should be very tactical te going nearby, nearby it. You should go against the wind, because if you go with the wind, then he smells, he smells you, and he gets to know you. Then you have it is you have after you. Yeah. See, the one that 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 scares me. Yeah. Is the hippo. The hippo. Yes, very dangerous. But they stay in the water. They can't get you. They no, are in the water. It's when they come out of the water. Mm. They do that at night. And they, and they are very dangerous. See, I told they you. They are very dangerous because the statistics shows that most of the people are dying on attack by the hippos rather than the lions. The hippos are number one. Yeah. But mm. you and I walked up pretty close to them. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I like the, I don't like their faces as well. They look like the... The warthog. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, next time you see me, I'm going to have a pet warthog. I'll, I'll just have a little, <laughs> little pet warthog. We'll name it. We can pet it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. When you look at the way your country exists mm. in the global picture yes. of travel and tourism, yes. Uh, how much do you want to increase it? And how... And, and by how much? Okay, I think Tanzania is now number 
number on tour, uh, travel and tourism is number one in Africa and it's number number 15 15 20 in the world but then uh, we can do much better we can do much better uh, bringing up the status of Tanzania on travel and tourism industry in the world we can do much better all we need to do is working with uh, the people who are really working in this sector travel and tourism like the WTTC World Tourism and Travel uh, Council, uh, Council. Mm -hmm. like uh, those bigger two operators like uh, yeah if we can work with them the big fives which are meeting today I think Tanzania is might be uh, it might do much better it might do much better yeah well, first of all, thank you for doing the royal tour with me. Thank you. Thank you for putting up with me. Yeah, great, Peter. Thank you. <laughs> as my guide. And as my director. <laughs> my thanks to President Samia. Dr. Don Wright is not just a diplomat. He's also a doctor who came to work in Tanzania way before he ever became the United States ambassador to the country. And he brings an entirely different perspective to the job. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to sound silly, but it's not. A, I'm almost saying it as an embarrassed American. Most Americans have no idea where Tanzania is. Most Americans don't even own an atlas. Most Americans don't know there are 54 countries in Africa. Uh, most Americans don't know that Tanzania is in East Africa. Most Americans don't even know where I am right now. But the point is, once they go, it's a different sensibility. Uh, I, I like to say that Tanzania is the way Kenya used to be. It's true, real experience. Uh, you've got the Serengeti. You've got the crater. You've got Kilimanjaro. Uh, you've got, of course, Dar es Salaam. And you've got Zanzibar, which is one of my favorite places. Uh, you've been ambassador there. You were sort of like airlifted in, in that way, right? I mean, as a State Department employees like okay you're the ambassador so you had a fast learning curve as well i did i did and you're right peter when you say most americans don't understand tanzania where it actually is and its significance uh, tanzania is the largest country in eastern africa for your american uh listeners i can say it's twice the size of california about 60 million people uh, and because it's so big, it's a land of diversity from the coastal region uh, that faces the Indian Ocean to the park system that you mentioned, Serengeti and Ngorongoro Crater being uh, two of the most famous, to the lake region with uh, Gombe, where Jane Goodall did all of her work. So it's a very large country, a very diverse country. You know, you mentioned the Indian Ocean, and I had this happen to me years ago, and it happened to me recently. I come back with my pictures from the Indian Ocean, and people are convinced I used a filter on my camera. I'm saying, no, the color of the water actually looks that way. 
You're absolutely right. It is, it is stunningly beautiful in Zanzibar and uh, Mafia as well. You know, oh yeah, well that's the Zanzibar Archipelago. We have Mafia mm -hmm. and Pemba, and, mm. right? We went to Pemba, beautiful beaches, uh, and we went to this underwater hotel room. I don't know if you've seen it. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but here's my question. 54 countries in Africa. America, if you look at our foreign policy going back 100 years, Africa was always the dark continent. It was all, to me, it was always the forgotten continent. Uh, and the only time, when I was growing up, the only time you heard of Africa was when a dictator got assassinated there or there was a coup. Tanzania is pretty stable. Peter, you're absolutely right. Uh, the United States has a long uh, friendship, uh, strong diplomatic relationship with Tanzania that goes back 60 years. Uh, Tanzania actually won its independence in 1964. Uh, and uh, wait, let's talk about that because if you go back, everybody at one point wanted Tanzania, right? The Arabs, the Portuguese, the, the Germans, the Brits, right? In fact, at one point it was Tanganyika, mm. right? And Zanzibar was under the, the ownership of the Sultan of Oman. I mean, everybody wanted in, but they finally, they finally rose up. Yeah, Peter, you know your history. Obviously, there were two separate countries, Tanganyika and Zanzibar. Uh, they joined in 1964, and the new name of the country was Tanzania, combining the two, uh, the two countries' names. Uh, but the thing is, when you look at Africa right now, I go back to the last administration, um, and of course, when, when they left the mic open and what Donald Trump said about Africa, um, I was uh, with the president of, uh, of Rwanda, uh, Paul Kagame, who actually was at the World Economic Forum a week after Trump's statement, the S whole country. And he was in the room with Trump. And I said, you're the first African leader he met since he said that. And I said to him, did he apologize? And he said, he's not capable of it. Uh, but they're doing, Rwanda's doing just fine. And in fact, their advancement is unbelievable in terms of healthcare, especially in rural areas. 64% of the parliament is women. Uh, every kid's got a laptop. I mean, they're doing some amazing stuff. And Tanzania is right behind them. Oh, you're absolutely right. And if we look back over several decades, uh, Peter, there has been some tremendous uh, uh, advances in Tanzania. My introduction to Tanzania goes back 33 years. I'm a medical doctor by background. I came to Tanzania 33 years ago as a volunteer for a Save the Children hospital in Zanzibar. Really? The, the Manazi Moja Hospital. Uh, at the time, there was no tourism whatsoever on the island, uh, a great deal of poverty. I treated malnutrition, malaria, tuberculosis, among other things, among the pediatric population. Uh, little did I know I would come full circle, and 33 years later, I would arrive in, uh, at the Julius Nerea Airport as the U.S. ambassador. So it truly is an honor to serve in that capacity. And I will tell you, uh, my impressions uh, then versus now, there are some things that have dramatically changed, and there are some things that remain the same. What's changed? Well, it's the infrastructure. Now Dar es Salaam has numerous skyscrapers, and other cities uh, within Tanzania have uh, developed and have had great infrastructure advancements. What hasn't changed is the beauty of the country and the beauty of the people. They re that remains the same. When we come back, I want to talk to you about your experiences as a doctor there and talk about what's changed there as well. What kind of doctor? Uh, family medicine and preventive medicine. Wow. Guys, you can't find anymore. <laughs> it's true. You were a GP? I was. Oh, yes. my God. My dad was an internist, mm. and, you know, he actually still made house calls. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, wow. Now that I know that you're a GP, right, 
when you first came over, you were seeing some pretty severe cases. Oh, absolutely. Uh, at that time, uh, Zanzibar was not as economically developed as it is today. Tourism was not uh, developed in any way on the island of Zanzibar. And as a result of that, I treated a great deal of malnutrition. Obviously, malaria was endemic to the island, as was tuberculosis, and a number of other uh, abnormalities as well. I mean, think about that from the United States perspective. Malnutrition and tuberculosis. Diseases we don't really see in this country, really. Absolutely. Wow. And how has that changed now? No. I had the opportunity to go back to the exact hospital I worked in, the exact ward, and that had changed. It had been modernized, it had been uh, redesigned, and now is serving uh, the cancer patients uh, in the hospital. Uh, so there have been uh, technological advances, uh, and it was obvious that the medical staff is far better trained uh, than they were 30 years ago. So uh, healthcare mar marches on in Tanzania. So you were impressed? I was impressed. Wow. And economically, what's changed? Oh, you know, it is amazing to see what uh, the advancement of tourism has done to the island and increased opportunities for the average Zanzibari as it relates to employment. What's about, what, 17% of their GDP? Yes, yes. Uh, both in Zanzibar on the mainland, tourism is a uh, major contributor to uh, economic development in both uh, both areas. Of course, if we go back to the month or two before uh, the pandemic, early 2020, what was topic A on everybody's table? Over-tourism, right? We don't want to become another Venice. We don't want to become another Barcelona. And then pandemic hits. The real question is, have we learned any lessons in the last two and a half years so that when tourism opens up again, we're not asking that same question? Oh, Peter, thanks for asking that question. And let me say that uh, I think that uh, wildlife conservation, uh, land management is so important. And I have to give the government of Tanzania high marks. You probably know, Peter, that 30% of the land of Tanzania is either a national park or a wildlife conservation area. So they understand the importance of protecting these areas so your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren can actually go see much of the beauty that, we're, that we see today. Uh, the United States, I'm very proud, has worked very closely with the government of Tanzania to focus on anti-poaching efforts and uh, wildlife conservation and natural resource management. I think we've invested about $50 million over the last five years. And we work hand-in-hand hand with the government of Tanzania on these very important issues, as well as some of the non-government organizations that are, are key to this area. Well, let's talk about the poaching, because one of the things that happened in our show, and I asked the president to take me there, a lot of the people in, on her team didn't really want me to go. I asked the president to take me, and she did. In Dar es Salaam, there are three large unmarked warehouses. And she brought me in and said, open the door. And when I opened the door, what did I see inside? 49,000 tusks that were seized from poachers. It was, it, I, you couldn't, you couldn't, there were no words to describe your reaction. It was so emotional. And the real question is, okay, this is what's been built up. Are you making any progress? Thanks for that question, uh, because progress has been made. I will tell you, uh, I have always had a high 
uh, passion for the animal kingdom. I was a zoology major in college. And so what an opportunity to serve as the U.S. ambassador to Tanzania. And I certainly see the importance of wildlife conservation. Certainly poaching has been a problem of Tanzania in the past, but we've invested significant resources. And I can tell you that over the last five years, poaching is down about 80% in Tanzania. Uh, if you go back a decade, there was decimation of the elephant population yes. in Tanzania, uh, and that's coming back. And it just speaks to the commitment that uh, the Tanzanian government has made and their willingness to partner with the United States and some others uh, within uh, other nations. Was it increased enforcement or a change in attitude? I think it's uh, multifactorial. Uh, you know, if I look at uh, how the United States has spent their money, clearly uh, investigating and watching and ensuring that uh, there are personnel on the ground uh, constantly monitoring for po poaching activities. But the efforts of the United States goes well beyond that. You know, we have gone and tried to help prosecutors understand how to investigate potential cases of, of poaching and then how to prosecute them. And the number of convictions uh, for wildlife tracking has increased, which will only serve as a deterrent moving forward. They're moving in the right direction. Of course, if you go to Rwanda, half the guys who are the rangers are former poachers. Ah, it's a very innovative approach to, uh, uh, to uh, anti-trafficking, and you're absolutely right. Uh, these people have meaningful uh, employment in the tourism industry and are now protecting uh, the very animals that they may have poached a decade or so before. So if I had to guess and call this a wild guess, I would say you're a happy ambassador. Oh, absolutely. It is an honor and a privilege to work in uh, Tanzania. Uh, we are very encouraged with the direction the new president, President uh, Samia Saluhu Hassan, is moving the country. Uh, she's moving in a positive direction. We encourage her and uh, look forward to uh, increasing uh, 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 presence on the international stage. She's re-engaged on the international stage in, in uh, attending the UN General Assembly, uh, the Climate Change Summit in Glasgow, She's met at regional meetings and her host neighbors. As you mentioned at the beginning of this interview, Peter, as a physician, I was thrilled that she reversed directions on COVID uh, and admitted that COVID was and, a major... And, and she reversed it quickly. Oh, absolutely. She convened uh, some of the brightest minds in medicine and science from her uh, country and asked them to give her recommendations. And when once those recommendations were uh, shared with her, she immediately adopted them. Uh, the return to basic public health measures, such as masking, social distancing, good hand hygiene, the importance of reporting data, which had not been reported for well over a year. And then the, uh, the area that I was most impressed, uh, I was very pleased that the United States, I with the foreign minister, met the first arrival of vaccine into the country, a bilateral gift from the American people uh, of COVID vaccine for Tanzania. Uh, but the, what the, I was the most president, the president told me, you guys, you guys, me, the United States sent over what five million doses. Yes, we have uh, contributed to five million, almost five million doses. I think four point eight million. Uh, but there was significant vaccine hesitancy in the, among the Tanzanian population, and I was so impressed that two days after the uh, shipment arrived. President Samia went on national TV and took the vaccine, which I think sent a message to her people that it's a safe vaccine and it's an effective vaccine and encouraged uh, her citizenry to do likewise. So it was a very positive moment. What do you see the challenges? 
Uh, you know, uh, I do believe Tanzania is headed in the right direction like the rest of the world. They have suffered economically from the worldwide uh, pandemic, perhaps maybe more than most because their uh, uh, economy is so tourism-based and uh, they have suffered for the last two years as tourism has virtually dried up. We are very pleased to see that things are headed in the right direction. Uh, as more and more Americans and other tourists become vaccinated. So I'm encouraged in that area. I'm also encouraged that they're really uh, looking for foreign direct investment from Americans and other countries, which is uh, a win-win situation. It's going to bring needed innovation to the country. Investing in what areas? <clears throat> there are so many opportunities. Agro-business, in many ways, it's a country of farmers. And so there's huge opportunities in agro-business as it relates to processing of uh, our fertilizers or irrigation. And the president talked to me about they used to import so much of their wheat from Ukraine. Now she says we have to learn how to grow wheat again. She is right on, on target. We've kind of looked at the numbers, and about 68% of their wheat is imported from either Russia or Ukraine. And obviously, that's a major problem right now. And yet, it is a country with vast amounts of land and good farmers. So it only seems uh, wise for them to consider growing their own wheat uh, and becoming more self-sufficient in that area and in other areas. Well, they also have oil. They have mm -hmm. gas. Oil, gas, the energy sector is very important, tourism, healthcare is an opportunity, agro-business. It's really across the landscape. And I also have to say, as it relates to climate control and energy, that uh, Tanzania has an interest in some of those renewable forms, uh, such as wind, and, wind energy and solar energy. Uh, I, I would think Tanzania is a natural for both. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But are they implementing it? Uh, we, I hope that there's some uh, deals signed in the next uh, couple of weeks that will bring uh, both solar energy and wind energy to Tanzania. And I know that other investors in renewables are very interested in uh, looking at Tanzania as a new uh, opportunity for investment. The other interesting thing about Tanzania, if you, once again, if you get a map, is you realize it borders on, what, eight countries, six of, whom, six of which are landlocked, right? Tanzania has two ports, which means it, the cruise lines might be able to use those, right? Because so many cruise lines offer land excursions, but nobody's bringing their ships in. Oh. Peter, you obviously done your homework and uh, looked at the geography of Tanzania. You're absolutely right. Uh, Tanzania serves as a conduit for uh, products out of many of the landlocked products that make their way to the Tanzanian parts, uh, primarily in Dar es Salaam, to go to the world. Uh, I think Tanzania has invested very heavily in small gauge uh, railroad, narrow gauge railroad, uh, to bring some of those products to the ports. Uh, in addition to that, they're, they are looking at expanding their port system so that they will have a way to move uh, cargo not only from Tanzania but the neighboring landlocked countries to the world through their port system. And they're expanding their rail system. Absolutely. Uh, they've already had some success in that, and they were continuing with additional phases to increase their uh, rail uh, network. Now, of course, anytime anybody sees an opportunity for development, the challenge is managing it, right? How many high-rises are being planned? How many, right? What's the tax on the, on the systems? What are you seeing there? Well, obviously, I think uh, no different than the United States, urban planning is very, very important. And I think the Tanzanians are beginning to understand that and look at uh, what is most important to them and prioritizing those as it relates to uh, uh, moving forward. So quality, not quantity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, ministers of tourism seem to you know, live or die by numbers yes. as opposed to understanding what the numbers mean. 
how here's how many people we had arrivals, or mm. here's how many days they stayed, or how much they spent, mm. versus was it a good idea? Absolutely. So you're working on that. And we're working on that. Uh, and there's such opportunities in the tourism business, which is certainly in line with uh, your line of work. Uh, and Tanzania is has so many different opportunities. Uh, as ambassador, I've had the opportunity to travel around the country. Uh, and I can't say that I have just one highlight because there are so many. Uh, you know, I certainly understand from multiple trips to the Serengeti why it is the most popular or one of the most popular national parks, not in Tanzania, but in the world. You're right. uh, the, the distribution of animals is, uh, I think there are over two, two million animals in the Serengeti. And my wife and I had the uh, distinct pleasure of going last August and watching the migration across the Mara River into uh, Kenya uh, as they were searching for food. And then they will come back down in an ever-changing cycle uh, in Gorin. Angora, they say that that is an area that you have a great likelihood of seeing the big five that everyone wants to see in one day in a confined area. Uh, Mount and, by the, and by the way, when I was with the president, we did see the big five in one day. It's doable. I, I did not expect that. Yeah, it's doable. And you know, you can't talk about uh, Tanzania without mentioning Mount Kilimanjaro, the largest, uh, the highest mountain on the African continent at about 6,000 meters. And I have to say among your listening audience, there are so many Americans that either aspire to climb Kilimanjaro or do climb Kilimanjaro. And they come have as you, part. Have you done it? I have not done it. It's on my list and I <laughs> hope to do it uh, someday. Are you going to go all the way to the summit? <laughs> are you going to do it? Come on, doctor. <laughs> and that would be a great achievement to uh, summit Kilimanjaro. And I'll put it on my to-do list. Well, let's put it this way. I was, when I was with the president, we got to the base, and I said, how long is it going to take us to climb? She said, about eight days. And I said, eight days? She said, come with me. And we flew over it. Because <laughs> she was the president. Yeah, absolutely. So we cheated a little bit, but we, we saw the summit. Pretty amazing. It's a beautiful mountain. Beautiful mountain. In your time there, what's been your biggest surprise? Um... What has been my biggest surprise? Well, I think uh, much of the development of Tanzania, as I said earlier in the interview, I hadn't been there in three decades, so it was interesting to see uh, the level of infrastructure uh, enhancements that have occurred over the last uh, uh, 30 years. Uh, I also have to say that because I work at the U.S. Embassy, I have the opportunity to uh, interact with many of the students that are alumni of our uh, cultural exchange programs, the uh, Mandela Washington Fellows, the Fulbright Fellows, uh, and these, Peter, are such impressive youth. Uh, as, as I listen to them and what they learned in the United States and how they're applying that to their lives in uh, Tanzania, it gives me great hope for the future of Tanzania. So the good news is they come to the United States, they're educated here, and then they come back home. And carry that skill set, that knowledge, uh, back to their home country. But I have to say, uh, Peter, it's also a two-way street. I think America benefits because when these students come to the United States, they share Tanzanian culture and their lives in Tanzania with the people here in the United States, which gives them a greater appreciation of what life in East Africa is all about. I mean, because you're a doctor, I'm going to share this story with you. We were in Kuala Lumpur doing a story uh, on medical tourism, and we were in these state-of-the-art hospitals. I mean, you would be impressed, I guarantee you. And as it so happened, my producer said to me in the middle of our doing the story, you know, I've got a pain in my neck, and I, it's just not going away. I'm a little worried about it. And the doctor was with us, said, well, would you like us to, to check her out? I said, if it's okay with her, it's okay with me. Well, it turns out they found a huge infection and abscess in her neck, and they had to operate. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I said, look, if your parents say it's okay, you know, your next of kin, 
I'm okay with it. Uh, they checked her into a room. This hospital room was a suite in most hotels, right? There was a bed in case I wanted to sleep there. The doctors were all trained where? In the United States. They'd come home. Yes. Mm -hmm. They did the operation. And the next day, instead of throwing her out of the hospital, they said, oh, now it's time for your aftercare. I said, aftercare? They took her to a beach resort owned by the hospital, right? And I'm sitting there going, this bill's going to be six figures. This bill's going to be... You know what the bill was? For the, the operation, the stay in the hotel, and uh, the hotel, the hospital, and then the stay at the beach resort, five days later, take a guess. I have no idea. I'm $950. Oh I'm saying, <laughs> I cannot wait to come over here and get sick. <laughs> so I'm assuming that that particular sector of which is near and dear to you, mm -hmm. hopefully that can build itself back up in Tanzania as well. Oh, absolutely. But it's across the landscape. We send uh, people for cultural enhancement. We uh, send IT specialists to the United States for training. Uh, we send uh, uh, people that are interested in journalism, such as yourself, to get training in the United States. So it's really across the landscape of uh, potential professions. And they learn in the United States, and then they bring those skills uh, back to Tanzania to serve their people. And what's the one thing you'd like to see changed? Uh, I would like to, uh, the thing I'd love to see changed is a continued direction over an extended period of time in the right direction. And certainly we're seeing that with President Hassan. But be more specific. Uh, as it relates, well, I'd love to see an opening of the democratic space and opportunities for uh, uh, freedom of the press to grow, uh, uh, opportunities for um, educational advancement for Tanzanians, the educational system to advance. I went to uh, Tanzania with three priorities, Peter. The first should be intuitive to you, knowing my background, but I wanted to improve health outcomes for the Tanzanian people. Uh, the U.S. has a long tradition of helping Tanzanian health areas, primarily around HIV, uh, and we have made some tremendous strides in as it relates to HIV, but also malaria, tuberculosis. I wanted to uh, promote foreign direct investment in country because I know that's going to uplift the Tanzanians as they have increased opportunities for employment. Uh, it's going to raise the tax rate, bring needed innovation. So we wanted to do that. But the last area that I wanted to focus on was the people of Tanzania. And I'd say that there's two groups, and this gets to where I'd like to see them go, uh, is women's empowerment. Uh, Tanzania is now at lower middle income uh, status and wants to climb that even further. I know they can't do that without unleashing the power of women within the country. And we support uh, an academy of women entrepreneurs to help them get there. Uh, along that same line is youth empowerment, that we want to work with the youth of the country to make sure they have the skills they need to find gainful employment. My thanks to Ambassador Wright and to President Samia. And a reminder that you can watch Tanzania The Royal Tour on your local PBS station, as well as Amazon Prime and Apple TV+. And for all the other breaking travel news all across the world, just log on to petergreenberg.com. The Ion Travel Podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony Protis-Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com/survey. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.